Welcome to the Animal Wellness Podcast, all about improving the lives of animals with better policies and practices in government and business. Brought to you by Animal Wellness Action, where we believe helping animals helps us all. Here's your host, Joseph Grove. Hi, everyone, and thanks for the listen. I'm your host, Joseph Grove. Before we get into the show, I want to announce that the global athletic brand New Balance has joined Nike and Puma in a decision to stop paying for the slaughter of Australian kangaroos. This show, which is about our Kangaroos Are Not Shoes campaign, was recorded just hours before New Balance told us of their decision, and we refer yet in this conversation to New Balance as one of the remaining brands that do support kangaroo slaughter. We are thrilled they are now doing the right thing, and we wanted you to know too before the start of the show. Thanks. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, we are going to be talking about kangaroos and the ongoing work of Animal Wellness Action and the Center for a Humane Economy to persuade manufacturers and retailers to stop trafficking in their skins. About 1.5 million kangaroos a year are shot, bludgeoned, or left to starve to death or die of their injuries. This occurs because companies like Adidas and New Balance still pay for hunters to head into the Australian wilderness to hunt the animals. The hunters make the kill, The kangaroos are skinned, and the skins are made into soccer shoes for affluent customers across the United States and other parts of the world. That's right. The largest commercial slaughter of terrestrial wildlife is predicated on selling soccer shoes or cleats to pros, amateurs, and kids who are willing to pay extra merely for the luxury of wearing leather from dead kangaroos. Worse, the slain kangaroos often have joeys in their pouches. The policy for joeys is that they are immediately to be killed, usually by bludgeoning them against the bumper of the hunter's truck. Those who don't meet this fate often escape back into the wild, where they too face starvation, dehydration, or being attacked and eaten by other wild animals. It's a brutal kill for what seems to me an absolutely frivolous purpose. The campaign to stop this horror show is called Kangaroos Are Not Shoes, And here to talk about it is Wayne Paselli, president of Animal Wellness Action and the Center for a Humane Economy. He'll tell us about progress the campaign has made and what comes next. But first, I am very excited to welcome Louise Ward and Emma Hurst, who have been in Washington, D.C. this week, to help explain the Australian perspective on kangaroos and how people in the U.S. and in Australia can help save them. Welcome to the show, Louise and Emma. Um, let me just ask you to to introduce yourselves a little bit to our, our, our listeners and our viewers. Um, tell us about you and, and what brings you to D.C. Um, so my name is Emma Hurst and I'm a member of parliament in New South Wales, Australia. Uh, I was elected five years ago um, and I've got another three-year term ahead of me. And look, kangaroos are a native animal in Australia. We've been really blown away while we've been here of by how much Americans really love kangaroos. Um, they are an iconic native animal. And kangaroos is one of our major campaigns in New South Wales. Louise has really led that campaign in New South Wales because kangaroos simply are being protected in Australia. They are being absolutely brutalized and we need that international support to protect our native animals. Hi, I'm Louise Ward and I'm the State Director of the Animal Justice Party in New South Wales, where Emma is an MP. 
I've been working on kangaroos now for about six years. I met Wayne about three years ago and we started working. I started working on the Kangaroos Are Not Shoes campaign and that campaign has just had a massive boost to the work that we're doing in Australia. And as Emma said, Americans love kangaroos and the work that we're seeing done in the US gives us this incredible heart and hope that we will win this campaign against the commercial industry. So we're so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have the opportunity to work with Wayne and the Centre and Animal Wellness Action and meet legislators and lawmakers here in D.C. Well, well, welcome to you both. I'm super glad you're here. Louise, I know you've been involved with our organization for some time and have done a great deal of work with us. So I'm already familiar with you and grateful for you and Emma. Uh, it, it's great to have you on the show as well. You know, probably the thing that may be most you know, uh, high level interesting to people is the fact that Australia has an animal justice party. I mean, of course, you, the United States, we're, we're so two party and the idea of uh, an organization an affiliation to, to call itself animal justice and to have people elected to me is very, very fascinating. Talk about the animal justice party and how, how you managed to get elected based on its tenets. Um, so in Australia, we're actually lucky to have a preferential voting system, which means that um, minor parties can be elected because many, many people, um, so preferential voting is that you put your first choice as number one, and then you can put two, three, four. Many, many people put the Animal Justice Party second as their preference, which means we get a lot of extra votes and we get it we get a significant amount of votes which really demonstrates that Australian people do care about animals so we are fortunate with our political system but also Australians do love animals and do want to see animals protected and especially we see issues in Australia that drive people to vote for the Animal Justice Party things like live export so Australia is still a major um, live exporter we still have battery hens in Australia and all of these things are really abhorrent to people. Um, we're still really struggling to get the word about kangaroos out because Australians actually don't know what's happening to kangaroos every night in Outback Australia. And if the kangaroo issue had the same level of media attention that we see with live export and other animal protection issues, I don't think we would be having a commercial kangaroo industry because it is hidden and it is secretive and it is a definite strategy by the government and the industry to keep it that way. And it's so important to be able to have somebody elected into parliament to represent animals. Uh, while we do still have that two-party system where we have two major parties, we have a strong crossbench. And even though you might be a party of one or two people and it doesn't sort of seem like you're going to win that much. We've actually proven that we can win things for animals um, and we can get change from within inside parliament. Um, and the whole crossbench has been effective at being able to do that. And, you know, recently we held an inquiry in New South Wales parliament into the killing of kangaroos. And that inquiry really exposed what was actually happening in Australia, the fact that there are um, no proper regulations, that there's no government oversight, that there's no welfare checks, that the government doesn't actually have any idea how many kangaroos there are, even though they're creating these kill quotas. Um, so we were able to really get that information exposed uh, because we've got members of parliament and we can ask questions. Uh, we can try to get further information about the industry that you can't necessarily get from outside. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we just joined forces with uh, a campaign that we're we're helping lead it to protect certain kinds of wild cats in, in, in the state of Colorado, for example. And, and one of the arguments that we talk about is, uh, you know, people believe that these wild cats are in many cases nuisances or worse threats. Do all Australians see um, kangaroos as benign and to be welcomed, or do they have a, a component of, of criticism that you need to fight as well? Look, there's definitely um, a push from certain minority groups in Australia to push this sort of false narrative that kangaroos are a pest species. Of course, they're a native animal. Um, And so there's interest groups that are pushing that message with Inside Australia, and that's, of course, is the commercial killing industry. Um, And as well, there's a bit of a push from that from agribusiness as well, um, who don't want um, any kind of native animals um, you know, eating crops, for example, and, and, and taking away that, um, that's, those financial benefits from those crops. So there is a bit of a push for that, um, but there's no evidence in Australia for that. And certainly when you speak to anybody on the street and you talk about what is happening in the kangaroo killing industry and the brutality, um, as soon as you mention to Australians that the code of practice in Australia actually requires that if you shoot a mother kangaroo that you take the joey out of the pouch and actually smash that joey's head um blood force trauma against a hard object and usually the joey's head is smashed against um part of the truck or they use the other side of the gun to smash the joey's head in people are horrified and so australians are horrified they don't realize that this industry is happening um but the industry is pushing a false narrative about these kangaroos um, and it's something that our campaigns are really focused on debunking and exposing um, as being false. And I'd just like to add to that that um, the industry and the government is funding the science around kangaroo um, population counts. So we have a situation where you do have scientists and government officials talking about um, kangaroos creating a problem for farmers and there being an overpopulation issue. Um, And I do think that, um, you know, we need to have independent science. And one of the things that the New South Wales inquiry, parliamentary inquiry called for as a recommendation was an independent review by ecologists. And we actually want an independent review by international ecologists that are not bound up with the industry that are not being funded by industry to do these studies that reinforce, as Emma said, this false narrative around kangaroo numbers and creating the narrative that kangaroos are pests. Kangaroos have actually lived on the Australian continent for 15 to 20 million years. They are what is referred to as a keystone species. They make an incredible contribution to biodiversity through um, their distribution of seeds, through their, they just eat the tips of grass, they do not take out the roots. The idea that kangaroos cause environmental damage is one of the, is one of the biggest lies the industry will tell you. And I know that there's studies going on at the moment about the importance of having large herbivores in the environment, especially for climate change and sequestering carbon within the environment and keeping the environment. What's happening is they're removing just millions of kangaroos from the environment every single year. Yeah. So what's, is the government 
advocating at the behest of um, various industries. You know, I'm always very suspicious whenever the government gets involved, the whole follow the money thing, right? So an example of this might be, I heard recently, um, watched a video of a fellow who's developing a company there uh, to, to make kangaroo this, this new hot, trendy meat. You know, so is the government looking out for the interests of people who may want to further profit from the slaughter of kangaroos? Is that kind of what's going on? Look, I think that that is definitely part of it. Um, there is some very powerful um, companies that lobby the government. Um, the other issue is that farmers do complain about kangaroos, but we think that that is tied up with the push from the industry and the incentive around and the commercialization of the industry. To give you a really good example of how the commercial industry does drive the killing of kangaroos is that Victoria, which is a small state just to the south of New South Wales, has only had a commercial industry for three years now. So previous to that, Farmers could still kill kangaroos through a government permit system, but since the introduction of the commercial industry, three times as many kangaroos are being killed in Victoria. And it is because the commercial industry does drive this killing, shooters will go door to door, knocking on farmers' doors, asking if they can kill kangaroos. And it kind of creates this, like you've got a problem with kangaroos and like science is telling people, oh, you've got a problem with kangaroos on your property but in fact farmers that are kind of working with kangaroos and having kangaroos on their property and having wildlife on their property actually improves the overall productivity of their farm and this is a new movement within agriculture to coexist with wildlife and the benefits that native wildlife bring to the soil bring to the um, native grasses and things like that. I think the other thing as well to point out is when we did this inquiry that uh, it was really exposed that the methodology for counting kangaroos was very much um, flawed from a statistical perspective and independent biostaticians really um, blew those statistics out of the water and showed how you know they were biologically impossible, their estimations for how fast the kangaroo populations were actually growing. And as, as I said, you know, we've got two major parties in Australia and the major party that wasn't currently in government at the time was highly critical as well of those statistics and recognised that the counting methodology was seriously flawed and were very supportive of that. That party is now, since the last election, in government and suddenly their position on that has changed and they're suddenly very supportive of this um, modelling and, the, and the, the statistical methodology around counting the number of kangaroos and so they're suddenly now very quickly change their tune now that they're in government. And so I think that really exposes that the government is willing to work with industry and that they're willing to ignore or, 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 or look over um, certain aspects when they weren't in government that they realised were, were, were hugely problematic. Let, let me ask you this question. Um, it, it's a concern voiced by some people with whom I discussed this campaign that we could make it a worldwide rule that, that no kangaroo can be killed to make soccer shoes. If that were to happen, if we were to get rid of kangaroos or not shoes and, and, and be successful there rather, 
is that really going to make a difference or are there enough other marketers, if you will, of kangaroo products that this won't make a difference? Yeah, look, look, I think absolutely it will make an enormous difference because the most lucrative part of this industry is the skins of these animals. The only other thing that they're making money out of is a little bit of money out of using the meat for pet food. Nobody wants to eat a kangaroo, and that includes in Australia. There's a very, very tiny market of people who are eating kangaroo, um, but it is absolutely tiny. And the pet food industry and the use of meat in the pet food industry is kind of like a, you know, like a like a side issue as well. Um, it's not where they're making the money. The way that the kangaroo killing industry is making their money is through the skins and through the sale of skins internationally. Um, so that is the main driver, and that's why we're focused on the skins because that's where the industry is making the money. Once they stop making the money, um, there's not going to be that drive to just continue to kill these animals to the point where we could wipe them out entirely and yeah i just like to add um how strategic it is to focus on the skins and how important the kangaroos are not shoes campaign has been because emma's right you take the skins out of this industry this industry is no longer profitable good 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 to know i'm contractually obligated to go to wayne every 12 and a half minutes so wayne i'm gonna i'm gonna turn to you and ask you to weigh in on what you've heard so far well, listen, I just want to say that that having the Honorable Emma Hurst and and having Louise Ward of the Animal Justice Party here, along with a, an additional member of Parliament from Victoria uh, and her chief of staff, has been just a huge shot in the arm for our efforts in the United States to advance our Kangaroos Are Not Shoes campaign. Uh, the Animal Justice Party and so many other Australians of conscience have been our partners for a long time. And we couldn't do this campaign without their support. We need to show the world that Australians care about kangaroos, that this is extreme conduct, killing a million and a half iconic kangaroos and an additional hundreds of thousands of joeys uh, for shoes and for pet food that can be made in other ways. We do not need these skins. We do not need their meat. These are wild animals living in their native habitats, uniquely evolved to arid landscapes. They have survived well before human beings were around. Uh, hopefully they will be around for a long time in the future. But after the fire, so, so cataclysmic in their effect, killed millions of kangaroos and billions of other animals in Australia, we at the Center for Humane Economy said, we need to do something. We can't stand on the sidelines as these animals are buffeted from so many adverse effects. And this intentional mass killing of mobs of kangaroos, communities, families of kangaroos for export from Australia for athletic shoes, athletic shoes for soccer playing, the most popular sport in the world, a sport that is played in 200 countries, the global reach of Adidas, Nike, Puma, Deodora, Mizuno, these other athletic shoe companies, they reach everywhere. So if these models of shoes were widely purchased by soccer players throughout the world, we wouldn't have enough kangaroos 
you know, in 10 Australias to satisfy the demand. So we're really proud that we work with the Animal Justice Party to get Puma and Nike and Diodora to make policy announcements that they are changing their purchasing practices, that they will no longer source kangaroo skins. And we have Adidas as an outlier, an outrageous company that has been fighting us in California for years to try to unwind California's very foresighted law to stop the trade in kangaroo parts. It's sued over the state law and lobbied against the state law. And now the leaders in Germany are thumbing their nose at the global community of animal welfare advocates who care about native wildlife and don't want to see cruelty to wildlife and want to see innovation put to use in a practical sense. You know, we did an analysis of the World Cup goal scorers, and we also previously looked at the European Championships. The players who scored goals were not wearing kangaroo-based shoes. They're principally using uh, soccer cleats made from human fabrics, and it's 95% plus among World Cup gold scorers are not using kangaroo-based shoes. This is not necessary. In fact, it's a marginal and extreme practice, you know, really, you know, used in terms of the, the footwear by a relatively tiny number of elite players in the world. So to me, the moral case is clear. You know, the Australian government and its propaganda is just outrageous. I mean, these are native species. They live on that continent very well. The whole, you know, hype about overpopulation is just a demonizing of the animals to clear a path for commercial exploitation because they don't want to say that they're so selfish that they want to let these families of kangaroos live on their own. They feel like if they're going to make money from them, they have to say bad things about them. And that's all that's at work here. And to have uh, the Honorable Emma Hurst and to have Louise Ward here and to have the Honorable Georgie Purcell uh, lobbying in Congress these last few days has been just a, a wonderful um, you know, set of, of meetings and so much good advocacy. We're going to get this Kangaroo Protection Act done. And we just really ask everyone to join our campaign to get Adidas to stop, uh, to support our Don't Be a Dicks campaign. Dicks is the uh, major U.S. Um, athletic wear and athletic equipment retailer. And Dicks should no longer be selling kangaroo-based shoes. You know, these companies have to have a conscience. You know, we want to build a humane economy. That's built into our name, the Center for a Humane Economy. And that means that corporations need to act in ways that honor animals, that don't cause them pain and suffering when we don't need to do that. And there's no greater example of gratuitous use of animals than the slaughter of kangaroos for athletic shoes. It's just not necessary. The world's elite players have already shed these skins. Animal wellness action depends on people like you to complete our work. Our recent victories to protect big cats, spare beagles from pharmaceutical tests, and convince Nike to stop killing kangaroos for shoes would not have happened without the financial support of our donors. Become one today at any amount. Visit animalwellnessaction.org forward slash donate to join our fight against animal cruelty of all kinds. 
That's animalwellnessaction.org forward slash donate. I want to invite listeners to go to kangaroosarenotshoes.org. It's a very robust website. You will find links there to, if you're in the U.S., contact your legislators very easily to let them know you are supporting the Kangaroo Protection Act. And you will also find a link to sign our Don't Be a Dicks petition, where we are gathering names and demonstrating to the executives at Dick's Sporting Goods uh, that uh, people care about this. We launched the petition and immediately got close to 10,000 uh, signups uh, through it. So it's this is a passionate uh, issue or an issue that sparks a lot of passion. Uh, our recent outbound communications have also uh, done very well in terms of advocacy, some major numbers. So uh, Emma and Louise, I hope you'll be heartened to know uh, that that people over here are really embracing the, this issue. Talk about your reception on Capitol Hill, Emma and Louise. Um, how was the experience different or was it in alignment with your expectations? Um, I think what really has blown both of us away is the fact that Americans love kangaroos. Every single person that we met with was horrified by the cruelty that they heard about that was happening in the kangaroo killing industry. Every single person that we met with, um, as soon as we talked about what was happening, as soon as we talked about the truth, about what was really happening in this industry, seemed very, very supportive of the campaign, very much on side. And it, it's really warmed our hearts to know that, you know, Americans are actually willing to stand up for a native animal in another country, that they were willing to say, actually, you know what, we want to put our names behind this. We want to get on board with this campaign. We want to make sure that um, an Australian native animal doesn't go extinct and um, you know, we've had two full days of meetings and every every time we've left, left Louise and I have just spoken about how absolutely positive the experience has been and how um, how friendly everyone has been and just how passionate people are here to protect our kangaroos. And, yeah, i just like to add that um, it's been a great opportunity for us because we know that the industry is over here and we know that as well the Australian government has been over here with the false narrative around kangaroos and that and actually telling um people in congress that australians support this industry and that is a lie australians do not support the industry so it was an incredible opportunity to be able to address some of the myths that the australian government has been telling people in congress and one of those myths is and you might have heard this as well joseph is that um if we don't, kangaroos overpopulate and then we have a drought and then they starve. So it becomes somehow this kind of perverse argument that it's best for kangaroos' welfare for them to be shot. And the idea that you would shoot a perfectly healthy animal because they might starve at some point in the future it is the most ludicrous thing. We do not shoot any other native animals because we might be coming into a drought. The only reason kangaroos are being shot is because they have a price tag on their heads. And it as well is not the kangaroos that may be suffering in drought conditions that are being shot because they are emaciated and they are thin and the commercial industry cannot shoot those and make a profit. So it is actually the kangaroos that would be most likely to survive a drought condition that are being shot by this industry. And it's incredible to me that people 
actually believe this argument that it's a welfare disaster if we don't shoot kangaroos. So it was great to be able to really explain that to people and to be able to kind of give um, people in Congress the the information to refute some of these claims that are really peddled, this propaganda that's really peddled by the Australian government and the industry. And, and I mean, it's bizarre too to think that an animal that has been on one of the driest continents in the world um, for 15 million years suddenly wouldn't cope with the conditions of living on one of the driest continents in the world. And these are native animals. They have adapted to Australian conditions. Um, and as soon as you explain that um, to anyone in America, they understand that immediately. And so, as Louise said, you know, being able to put the truth on the table um, has been a really amazing opportunity. And I think that every single person we've spoken to has really said, yeah, that actually makes sense. And even the people who had been um, approached by these lobby groups um, realised that the arguments that had been put on the table previously to them were in fact false um, and didn't make any sense. Um, it's also been great to have the opportunity to talk to people a little bit about kangaroos and the type of animals they are and talk about them as individuals, which is what they are. They're individual animals. They have emotional lives. They have social lives. They are an empathetic, compassionate animal. A study came out just today that was reported in Australian media about eastern grey kangaroos. Eastern grey kangaroos are the biggest victims of the commercial kangaroo industry forming lifelong friendships with one another, living in communities, living in family structures. They are bonded animals, mothers and daughters, fathers and sons, and the commercial industry comes in and just destroys that. Kangaroos are witnessing their, their lifelong friends being slaughtered in front of them, and just these are individual sentient animals. You know, I've campaigned against the uh, slaughter of harp seals and hooded seals in Atlantic Canada for years. I've been up on the ice flows and uh, worked to close markets to the, the the skins of these seals. In Canada, they were they were using hardly any of those seal skins. They were exporting them for profit to other countries. And that's really what's happening in Australia. But if you can imagine, these are animals out over the ocean on the ocean, but on ice flows in the ocean. There's no human habitation at all. They're in a very uh, thinly populated, or they're adjacent to a thinly populated uh, mega country of Canada. Yet they said the animals were a nuisance. And they said that they're going to kill the cod. Well, that's what seals do is they eat. We have a trophic system with predators and prey, and the interaction has been going on for millions and millions of years. How could you say that these baby seals are a nuisance? And how could you say that seals are going to hurt the cod that they've evolved with? It was overfishing, it was commercial exploitation of fishing that hurt the cod. So you see when people want to hurt animals for profit, they make excuses, they make rationalizations. You know, an old boss in life, Cleveland Amley, said human beings have an infinite capacity to rationalize their cruelty. I hear nonsense from dogfighters. I hear nonsense from cockfighters justifying their activity. I hear nonsense from trophy hunters and mountain lions who claim that they eat, lion, they eat the lions. I would never want one of these people, you know, sitting for my tuxedo cat, that's for sure. 
uh, but they don't they don't eat these animals. It's just a lie. So many of these things are lies, and really, what they talk about are populations because they don't want you to think about the individual. The individual has nerve endings just like we do. They feel fear like we do. Yes, they feel hunger and thirst like we do, but they evolved to deal with that. And this is just wrong. And I'm so disappointed that Adidas has been fighting this effort for decades to stop the exploitation of kangaroos. And we're going to end it. Uh, we at the Center for Human Economy and the Animal Justice Party are going to stop this. And so we're not going to relent. And their turn with Donnie Moss has been doing a great job uh, with protests in New York City at flagship Adidas um, stores and now uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. We have tried to alert this company to its role in driving the trafficking of these animals. It just all has to stop. It must stop. The arguments about overpopulation and starvation, we, we hear that a lot too in our wild horse campaign. You know, the, that's the reason that they want to get rid of the wild horses in the American West is, well, they're going to starve. And I will just say, that's why I always carry a few extra pounds. I don't want anyone thinking I'm, I'm going to starve to death and then maybe take me out, Louise and Emma. So if you're wondering. Well, I, I, I love it, Joseph. I, I tell you, you know, it's absurd. You think about wolves. We have 5,000, maybe 6,000 wolves in the lower 48 states. And we have maybe 330 million people. Yet we say there are too many wolves. I mean, there, you could put all the wolves in a tiny little town in the United States, you know, with the same number of people. I mean, you know, we consider it a rural town in Alabama or Maryland or Maine to have 5,000 people. That's how many wolves we have across the vast expanses of the lower 48 states. I mean, the warped view and the incredibly inflated perceptions to justify selfishness to justify this this utter contempt for some species and to clear the way for profits is really the larger issue that we're all fighting against it's kangaroos one day it's it's harp and hooded seals in canada the next day it's wolves or lions the next day uh and we just need to challenge these 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 attitudes that are retrograde attitudes Wayne, tell us about the victory we did have with Nike uh, and Puma, and uh, tell us what your expectations are relative to the progress of the Kangaroo Protection Act. Well, we are we have been beating the drum, and my former colleague Mitchell Fox uh, and I and others on our team started this campaign, and then Louise Ward has been involved, and uh, Emma Hurst and, and Georgie Purcell, and so many great advocates in Australia have been really central to our our center for humane economy kangaroos are out shoes campaign and you know it's just been it's been having its effect all over the world and i believe that arguments matter i believe logic matters i believe science matters and we've got that buttoned up and there's just no reason for nike or puma to continue this and they finally they finally took stock of what's going on they said we've got other models of shoes that we make with these other much more sustainable uh, fabrics that don't involve any animal cruelty, and they've moved on from it, or they're moving on from it. Adidas, you know, they're still, you know, holding on to this. I don't get it. Their number of models of shoes with kangaroos have decreased, 
So it's not an all or nothing proposition for us. I think we can feel all good that our campaigning has caused that movement away from Kangaroo Shoes, but give it all up, Adidas. And Dick, stop supporting uh, these shoe sellers who are, who are marketing these shoes. And in terms of the Kangaroo Protection Act, you know, it's just a really important signal to Adidas and to these other companies that we're going to stop this trade. It's not just the Kangaroo Protection Act in the U.S. Congress. It's the Kangaroo Protection Act in Vermont and Pennsylvania and soon to come in Maryland and it's in Oregon and it's going to be in Texas and it's going to be in Florida. We are not going to relent. And these companies depend on American consumers and American consumers are saying no. And now more and more lawmakers are saying no. Louise and Emma, final thoughts. What what would you like to leave uh, your U.S. listeners uh, to know and to think about? Um, look, I, we work with a number of kangaroo advocates across Australia, and we work with wildlife carers and rescuers and scientists, ecologists, campaigners. And we have always thought that the commercial kangaroo industry would be shut down by other countries. We have always thought that because we just, it's very hard for us to get the message through in Australia. But we know when we speak to Americans and through the work that we've done with Wayne, it is the most critical thing. If this bill is passed in the US, even having the bill introduced into Congress is a huge um, benefit for the campaign that we're running in Australia. And to have Australians understand, actually, people in the US, when we talk to them about what's happening in, with kangaroos, their hearts are breaking. And I think that it's just incredibly important, this effort from the US and from the American people standing in solidarity with us for kangaroos, it will save literally millions of lives for Adidas to stop, for this bill to go into the US Congress. And I just think it's a it's a campaign that we have to win for kangaroos. We haven't mentioned this before, but the US has a strong tradition of protecting Australian wildlife. It was a US president that passed a bill to stop the importation of koala products many, many years ago. Koalas used to be commercially slaughtered for their skin, and it's so similar to what's happening to kangaroos. They used to talk about how special the koala skin was because it was waterproof and it was soft. This is what we hear from Adidas and soccer companies. Oh, the skin is soft and it's tough. And it's like, well, actually kangaroos need their skins. So as Wayne said, there is so many alternatives, but yeah, we have so much hope and the American campaign has driven us on to work harder and stronger for kangaroos. And we just thank every single American who loves kangaroos and who, who is, we feel them standing with us when we speak up for kangaroos. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we can't trust the Australian government when it comes to our native animals. Australia has the largest extinction of native animals anywhere around the world. Um, as Louise mentioned, you know, we used to also slaughter koalas. Um, and of course, they'd probably be extinct right now if there wasn't that international pressure um, to stop importing those skins. Um, so again, you know, we're looking at um, the largest land-based massacre of wildlife in the world. These are our native animals and we're going to stand with Wayne and I repeat what he said, you know, we're not going anywhere. Um, we're going to continue on this campaign until this mass slaughter ends. Um, we have to 
And Louise and I have already talked about coming back here to the US and doing more um, to make sure that um, that this slaughter does come to an end. Um, after we leave DC, we're heading to New York. We'll be joining organisations in their protests um, and we won't stop. We won't stop until this slaughter ends because it's the only chance that kangaroos have um, to even continue as a species. Um, as this slaughter continues, we are weakening the species. Um, natural selection is being interrupted. The largest males are being shot. The largest females are being shot. We know that there are already localised extinctions in certain areas for these macropods. So we absolutely need to urgently continue this campaign um, and we will we will be back here in the US because we're relying on the US and we're relying on other countries overseas to actually step in and save this iconic Australian native animal. Thank you for listening to the Animal Wellness Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and follow Animal Wellness Action on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. To stay current with all of our news and information and to take action to help animals, sign up at animalwellnessaction.org. Until next time, remember that helping animals helps us all.